Hello everyone, this is Pastor Tony. I'm in the parlor today with a very special guest, hey, Chaplain hey. Ben Erskis. Welcome Chaplain Ben from the Lutheran Campus Ministry. Thank you, Pastor Tony. Thank you for having me. Hey, for some folks, this is, um, they know of you by name at this point in St. Paul, but they don't know you yet. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, it's great to be here in Morgantown. Um, so I had actually, it's kind of a coming home. So for me, I was adopted when I was three months old to uh, Franklin, West Virginia. Moved up to Cumberland, uh, did all my life there, then went to Gettysburg Seminary and uh, did my time there. But I'm glad to be coming back to uh, West Virginia, and I'm glad to be here, and especially at WVU. Always been a WVU fan, so um, this is really neat to be here. Let's go Mountaineers. Amen. Um, Chaplain Ben and I were at seminary together along with Chaplain Courtney, his better half, who is not with us this morning, who is also the chaplain really the main chaplain of the, the Lutheran campus, yeah. campus ministry, certainly. <laughs> um, but today we were just going to get together in the parlor. We we're going to use radio voices and talk about the upcoming week's um, scripture reading because it's Wednesday and that's what I do here um, for the Wednesday podcast. So our reading this week comes, we're back in Mark. We have finished this John Bread of Life discourse. Um, so thank we come God. back. <laughs> thanks be to God. Thank You know, if you say thank God, it sounds disparaging. But if you say thanks be thanks to God, it sounds all right. Um, so here we go. This is uh, Mark chapter 7, um, beginning at the first verse, and then it chops it up a little bit. When the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with the defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you, you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Ben, I saw you getting a little itchy there as I was going through that list. Yeah, I think it was licentiousness. <laughs> no, that licentiousness. <laughs> no, so, um, well, welcome back to Mark. You got thoughts on the Gospel this week? So... When I was looking through it, because I mean, there's, it's always difficult for me when it's, I think, law-driven, especially with the church. And I think many of us think like, well, the Pharisees, Sadducees, whatever, you know, the scribes, yeah. like they're just the bad people. But yeah. like they're the church, like that's us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> The so, very religious. Right. Oh, you hold on to, <laughs> to your human traditions. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I do like my human traditions, you know. Um, and so I, I think... For me, at least, this this really, um, it's law sometimes, you know, that's what I hear it as. But I think it's good because I think that we should be able to look at what we're doing and say, you know, are we pointing to the symbol 
or are we pointing to God? You know? Yeah. And I think many times we, we can easily get caught up in pointing to the symbol. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. And I think that you're right that this, well, this certainly is law. Um, and you can't have gospel without law. So we have law and gospel, and Jesus is giving us law here. Um, the things that Jesus points to, well, first let me say how absolutely relieved I am when this gospel comes up. Um, it proves my point to Stephanie that I really don't have to wash my hands as often as she says <laughs> I do. Um, Jesus says it here. Although this this one certainly stands out here in the age of... Uh, the age of coronavirus <laughs> as maybe kidding. being a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, certainly I get, we should wash our hands. Right. Yes. We, right. Right. I guess. Wash and wash our food when it comes back from the market. Yeah. That'll probably be a good idea. I know, most of it. The I mean, bronze, it's pretty packaged and pans, though. Yeah. The bronze pots and pans. I never wash those. I'm, well, I do the dishwashing. Oh, actually, so. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't do it very well. So, because I don't want to be accused of being a hypocrite. That is true. So I leave some stains and smudges on there, but um, no, you know, the, so why are the people doing the, the washing of the hands and the washing of the kettle bronze and all that stuff? I think maybe they would say it's to honor God, but I think Jesus is recognizing that God has kind of been removed from the equation. Right. I mean, he's taking the intent into account. And ultimately, I think this is one of those things where Jesus is pointing back at them and saying, this is about you and how you look before other people. Right. Um, you want to make sure you're seen donating money in the temple. You want to make sure you're seen washing your hands and washing your kettles. And maybe that's a, the fair assessment to those that are that are criticizing him. Certainly not to everyone that practices any sort of tradition. Right, and I think that's, right. I think that's probably good for us to keep in mind. Like, we do things as members of a church that are not. How should I put it? That aren't necessarily outward loving neighbor in the world, right. but but are important devotional practices to us. Yeah. So prayer practices, or just going to church, or, or whatever else it is. And I guess there's this, there's this line that is only known by us and God um, as to why we do those things. Yeah. And if it's, if it's just to be seen to be observing and doing what's right, you know, I go to church on Sunday because I, I should. Right. Or, you know, I, I should for the sake of appearing like I should. Yeah. Because of the societal expectation. Then that's, then that's hypocrisy, um, especially if it doesn't affect the rest of our lives. But, but you know, the, I don't know. I think there's another thing you could look at where if you're doing that before God, especially in the mindset of achieve, or keeping the law achieves goodness and grace before God, um, you know, sort of that works righteousness, right. um, then you're doing it for yourself. Right. And I think all the, all the things Jesus points to. And so I, I think you can say that even if it is a, gosh, even if it's in a, a right spirit, you know, what are all those things for? Well, they're, they're for you because you want to please God. And that's not necessarily bad, but they're for you. But then what Jesus points to as what really defiles a person, those impact everyone else. Right. That, right. That's the sin that touches touches all your neighbors. Right. Exactly. Um, even, even pride and folly, all, uh, but especially slander, envy, licentiousness, deceit, wickedness, avarice, adultery, murder, theft, fornication. I took them backwards this time. <laughs> um, you know, that's... That's what's going to have a negative impact on those around us. Right. Well, and I mean, it, it links back, I think, to the, you know, the Ten Commandments. And so, like, if this is one thing is to set us apart, you know, to say this is why you're holy. But then also, this is how you live in a community so that you don't 
you know, in the best way possible so that people aren't cheating on each other with other people, so that people aren't stealing, people aren't murdering, you know? And so I think it's that both hand and, and the, it's just hitting here. This is the religious versus spiritual, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in our, in our discussions for today, like, oh, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Well, you know, the Pharisees in that are very religious, maybe not so spiritual. And, you know, it's, it's, is this important or not? <laughs> and I think it's yes. And no. <laughs> the, the religious practice in and of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. If it stops there again, if it stops at the symbol, Right. It doesn't keep pointing to somewhere else. If it stops at the symbol or if it's it's used as an excuse to to sin against others. Yes. Yeah. Um, I once had a I once had someone when I was in seminary professor at one of those Washington consortium classes. And um, he was he was Catholic. And so he used to take um, confessions, but he was also a spiritual director. And he said there was more than once he had to counsel people to not go to church as much Mm. um, because they were using it as a mechanism to either avoid their family or (laughs) feel superior. And um, so you have this thing that in and of itself seems like it should be good. Right. I mean, talk about original sin and fallenness. We can even take going to church (laughs) and make make it a sin. (laughs) The bondage of the will. (laughs) Here's the, here's the good news for Lutherans always. We can turn anything into a sin. Right. And, uh, Well, and that's like, even here when it talks about, you know, um, you hypocrites, I read that as something bad. But at the same time, I've always told people, like, especially the religious, spiritual people, they say, you know, oh, the church is full of hypocrites. And I'm like, yeah, we are. And then they're always surprised. But like, we, we forget when we're, when we feel defensive, we forget that, right, that's the reason we're here is because we're hypocrites. Yeah, well, (laughs) I, I do like taking that old, uh that old teaching that we would have gotten in Greek class about the word hypocrite and how we use it contextually now mm. in, a, in a little bit different. So the hypocrites were based on the idea of acting and actors don't believe right. that they're at, you know, if I'm playing Superman, hopefully I don't believe that I'm actually <laughs> Superman. Um, you know, you're just doing it for, it's a performance. It's a performative right. piece. And um, I think sometimes we confuse people's inconsistency and their sin with being a hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I always use the example, my dad smoked for years and always told me I shouldn't smoke. Right. Now, popularly we would say, well, you're being a hypocrite. Well, no, not really. He, he honestly thought smoking's bad for you. Right. He was <laughs> just addicted to nicotine. Right. Like, so there's a, that that's not hypocrisy in the way that the, the scriptures talk about hypocrisy. Jesus is looking at these people and when he calls them hypocrites, he's saying, you don't actually believe this. Right. Like you're just doing this. You're just acting this out. And that's, that's really what becomes the problem. And certainly people have done that in the church. Oh, no, don't no. get me wrong. No, I mean, no. there is that form of hypocrisy, but there's also just people's wild inconsistency yeah. because we're imperfect. I think that, and I think that's the bigger thing, you know, is the inconsistency that we say, yeah. oh, that's, that's hypocrisy. Well, no, that's human nature. Yeah. You now know? you can see real, <laughs> real hypocrisy, I think shows up most, um, for, for men and women like you and me who, uh, dare to put on a stole and, and go up Sunday mornings or don't in whatever tradition right. it's in and say this, that, and the other thing. And then they're not, they're completely divorced from any sort of right. that living. And it's like, all right, I don't think, I, I think that's where you can tell that's just performative. Right. Exactly. Like you were just saying that you clearly <laughs> do not believe it. Right. This is not just you falling, uh, falling into a trap, but Jesus here in Mark, um, you know, gosh, where were we at in Mark before we got here? 
Do you uh, remember? I, it was so long ago. It was a while ago. It was so Threat of life keeps. Threat of life. Well, that was five weeks. Let me let me tick back here. Um, so that would have been. All right, there's 18th Sunday after Pentecost. 19th. All right, there's John. So 8th Sunday, excuse me, 8th Sunday would have been. Oh, chapter 6. Jesus goes away to. They try to get to the deserted place. Oh, right, right, right. And before that, we had the whole um, the retelling of the uh, beheading of John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think Jesus seems to be picking up a bit of the. John the Baptist ministry here. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. You know he's he's tried to go to the middle of nowhere, and and if you follow that line of John the Baptist, so people are thinking he's John the Baptist. We have that in six, the story of John the Baptist being beheaded. People are still thinking this is John the Baptist again in the form of Jesus. Jesus goes out, you know, tries to get some distance, goes out a little bit further away, kind of like John right. out in the wilderness, and. What happens? The people come to him, and what's he going to tell these people? Repent, you brood of vipers, in his own way. Right, so right. he's really. I think it's. I think it's all tied into where we were before we we left off to go into John's oh, yeah. bread of life. Oh yeah, and I mean it's it's part of like the prophetic voice. What it, you know, going out and not being part of the whole. Um, yeah, I think that's all part of it. And if you, what I like, you know, going back in this is the reason that they have defiled hands is because they're healing. You know what mm. I mean? Like, and mm. it's, it's, it's pointing to, you know, well, this is bad. You know, you, you, you were doing work, you were doing the work of the spirit. Well, they wouldn't have called it that maybe, but yeah, you know, you were doing work. You didn't, you're not clean. You know, you have to be clean before that. And so I, I think a lot of that is, you know, what are you commanded to do? Or what are you called to do? And then, um, are you actually doing it? Yeah. That's a big part of it. And like, that's a good connection in the heart thing. You know, it, it keeps saying uh, in verse six, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Um, in vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. And I remember uh, it, back in the Old Testament as well, there's a lot of heart language. Yeah. And the idea that in Greek and Hebrew, the heart is the mind, you know. Right. That, and, and thinking about that is, it's not that, well, we're not feeling Jesus. It's that what we have in our head is, is wrong. You know what I mean? What, the, what they're pushing is not the correct way. Well, shoot. Now you've got me wondering if it says heart there or if it's, uh, or if it's bowels. Splunkna. Or if it's splunkna. <laughs> We'd have to go into the Greek. I don't have that up right now. No, um, so for those, for those listening, your emotions and your, what we consider to be things of the heart now, they actually came from the bowels yes. in, in the first century understanding of things. So. Different way of so oftentimes when when it's actually bowels we'll kind of translate it. Sometimes it comes through as bowels, and sometimes we say heart just so we don't confuse people. <laughs> or second people. I love you with my whole bowels, kind oh, of thing. That's the sweetest thing Tony's ever said. Isn't that nice? <laughs> um, well, I I guess we'll wrap up. But the one thing, you know, this is a this is a challenge that I think we have reading scripture. What do we do when? What do we do when something doesn't stand the test of factual time? And what I mean by that is, especially if you've just been healing the sick, it's a real good idea to wash your hands. Yeah. Like everyone finishing a shift at Ruby or at Mon General, right. please wash your hands before you leave. Yeah, touching any lepers, do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know, you know, we have this with, um, 
I think there are some famous examples, like the mustard seed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually the one that's lifted up. Like Jesus says, oh, the mustard seed is the smallest of all the seeds. Right. Well, of course it's not. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. On the one hand, we could say, well, we just read, we look back at this and it's, it's purely metaphor. Right. And it is, uh, it, you know, you can certainly say, obviously mustard seed is a direct analogy. Right. Um, the washing of the hands here is it really about washing hands in kettle pots. No, it's about the whole concept of, of these faith practices. Um, but the other is just also to take it with a bit of humility and say, well, look, we believe in an incarnate God who lived at a certain time and place and they didn't really get germs. I mean, right. it's a relatively <laughs> new concept. They weren't masking up. No, they, they were, they were still sticking dirty fingers and wounds until about 150 years ago. Yeah. So and maggots and such. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of different practices. Nothing like a good leech. <laughs> leech healing. Nothing like a good bleeding to give you what you need, but bloodletting yeah blood we need letting. to bring back some of this stuff see and that's where you know it's a bad idea it's a bad idea to bring back some of these practices <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're not really doing them for god exactly right right oh man could be a cool ministry though absolutely well ben what do you have on tap at the chapel this week so crazy stuff we got um tonight we have worship uh let me check my calendar really quick. we have worship going on then we have app fellowship which is cool um yeah, midweek mass at seven, and then we have app fellowship after that at eight. Uh, then we have fireside faith Thursday at eight, and Compline at nine. So, right. yeah, just getting getting broken. And and then Sunday starting at six, seven, and then eight goes vespers, dinner, and and uh, Eucharist all yep. in a row. So, that's what's going on at the chapel. We'll leave it there for today. Say goodbye, Chapman Ben. Nice meeting y'all. Have a good one. Bye bye.